This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Cottage Talk. This is our preview of the championship final. Joining me is Emilio Donnell in the bottom left corner. In the upper right-hand corner next to me is former foam player legend Rob Wilson. And in the lower right-hand corner is Gordon Davis, foam legend. And it's actually his birthday, so we're very thankful <laughs> that you could join us. Both of you, but let me just start with Gordon. Gordon, before we go any further, happy birthday. And if you have a question for Gordon or Rob, and you're watching us live on my Twitter page or on the Cottage Talk Facebook page, please leave a comment, and I might be able to share it to the guys. Okay. Gordon, do you, like I mentioned, happy birthday, and thank you for joining us. And I'll just start with you. Give me your opening thoughts on Fulham in the final. Well, I think if you just said that at the beginning of the year, to any of the Fulham supporters, I think they would have bitten your hands off. Um, there's been unrest all season with the way that the team have played and the tactics that Scott has used, but it's been successful in getting us to the final. So I can't really uh, understand that there's still uh, a few Fulham supporters uh, questioning what the club have done this year. Uh, we're there with one game to go. We're in with a chance of the promotion to the Premier League. In a way, it's been a fantastic season and we're in with a chance. It's a one-off game and anything can happen at Wembley. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. Gordon, Rob, over to you. I just want to get your opening thoughts. It's funny because me, you and Gordon, we all predicted that they would get automatic promotion. So we're wrong. But you know what? They came fairly close. So I want your opening thoughts, Rob, on getting to the final. Yeah, yeah. as you say, I think we all predicted at the beginning of the season that we, we thought we'd be uh, fulfilling one of the top two spots. And uh, and up until the last game of the season, we, you know, we were still in with a shout. Yeah, we've had our ups and downs, as, as Gordon said, throughout the season. But I think since the lockdown, other than the first two games of the, of the lockdown, we you know, we've gone on a, quite a nice eight-game run up until the other night's performance or defeat against Cardiff. Uh, and we go into tomorrow night's game 
I'm very, very confident that we can, you know, get back to the level uh, that we showed in the eight games. Uh, and let's see if uh, Brentford, you know, can be similar to the three games that they lost against Barnsley, Stoke and, uh, and Swansea there. Because, yeah, they had a really good run up until them three games. So, you know, there's... Um, there's flaws in their game. Uh, yep. I'm sure they'll be saying the same about ours. But it's a very exciting evening, and I'm, I'm sure we're all looking forward to it. I, I think we are. And, uh, I, again, I want to thank both of you for joining us. And now I want to go to Emilio. Emilio, I want to get your opening thoughts again. We're at another final. The other final, yeah. you and I met in person. Unfortunately, we can't do that this time. But mm. I'm just glad that we're back in another final, my friend. Your thoughts. Yeah, I echo what the guys have both said. You know, it's would we have bitten everyone's hand off if we could have got into the into the championship, flat, you know, final for a one off one off game to get promoted to the Premier League? Absolutely. You know, I predicted. I think it was I think it was fourth or fifth place. I remember saying I didn't think we'd get yeah. automatic promotion. I and remember. Um, I remember we had this show at the beginning of the season when I think most most of us were fairly bullish about getting automatic promotion. I think that says more about the lack of quality in the division that maybe we finished fourth rather than the actual fact that we're a, we're a good, strong team. But, you know, Scott Parker, whether you love him or hate him, you know, he's, he's got us into the, into the playoff final and we've got to give him a chance. You know, yep. I agree with Gordon. You know, a lot of fans I'm seeing, you know, would prefer to stay in the championship than, get, you know, than having another bite at the Premier League. That's ridiculous as far as I'm concerned. You know, many fans lack, you know, you know go on about the Khans, haven't got ambition. Now they're pushing on, trying to get promotion back to the Premier League. Fans are questioning whether actually they're good enough to be in the Premier League. Well, let's get there first right, and, let, right. and let's try to retain our position there next season if we do get there. But it's a one-off game. Anything can happen. I think form goes out of the window in these big yep. games. Who's got the mental pressure, the mental strength to get through 90 minutes and possibly extra time as well? So it's, it's a one-off game. Anything can happen. You've seen cup finals. They don't always go according to plan. And right. who knows? We've got a 50-50 chance as far as I'm concerned. So let's, let's enjoy the moment and... Let's back the players, and hopefully we'll get back in the Premier League. Absolutely. All right, guys. Let's start with our preview by just talking about Brentford. And uh, Brentford have been impressive, and uh, they've beaten Fulham twice. I thought Fulham played very well the second time at Craven Cottage, and uh, I thought it was an even match until, got to give them credit, they scored those two late goals. Rob, I'll go to you first. Give me your thoughts on Brentford over the course of the season going into the final. Yeah, I mean, they have been they've been a strong side, and, and we did get a bit of a – a lucky scoreline away from home because they were very much better. I saw that mm. game and, uh, you know, we, we should have got beaten well well more than we did. Uh, and like you say, the reverse fixture, the the, the, the first game or second game for lockdown yep. for us, we were in it until the 89th minute, you know, and yep, then two, exactly. two breakaway goals, um, you know, the scoreline didn't reflect a, 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 the, the game in, 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 in a real sense. But then they've, they've come back on that eight-game unbeaten and they look, they look ruthless and I was really... I was really thinking that they would take first or second with Leeds or, 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 or West Brom, whichever were going to go on that run, because they were, they were they were very ruthless. But then you saw the other side of them, the three games, which, you know, to Barnsley, Stoke, when the pressure was on, right. they bottled it. And I think the pressure's on tomorrow, and I think they will bottle it. See, yeah. I'm there with you, Rob, and uh, go, go to you, Gordon, because, again, pressure's an interesting thing because they, again, when they were trying to chase – Fulham first, and then Chase Leeds United, and of course uh, West Brom, which Albion they they were chasing, but then they were getting very close. I think the pressure got to them. I'm impressed with them, but how much do you put stock in how they finished the season again and that first leg against Swansea? They were not in form. 
Emilia says form goes out the window, but pressure is an interesting thing. I'm curious your view on pressure, and could they be feeling it going into this final? Well, I think uh, I agree with with what Rob has said. When they're on form, they're a very, very good, exciting team to watch. But that pressure, but that pressure did did really get to them because in one or the two games that they had to get a win to overtake. West Brom to go into the second spot, and it was in their hands to get promotion. Right. Uh, and of course, Rob and Rob myself, we've been in in that sort of uh, situation in eighty uh, in the 80, early eighties, whereby although you don't think the pressure gets to you, it's always in the back of your mind. And and then when you know you've got to win a game um, to 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 get into the Premier League, I think Rob used the phrase they bottled it. And to be perfectly yep. honest with you. I think they did when they didn't play well at um, at Swansea. Uh, at home, you just give it everything you've got, whether the, whether there's crowd there or there isn't. When you're away from home, it's it's different. It's like us in the derby game at the end of the season. We needed to win it. We didn't play well. We didn't create chances. Um, and I could see a lot of that in the Brentford performances in the two games that they lost. So. They're starting as favourites tomorrow. Every pundit is talking about Brentford winning yep. the game. Yet, if you look at the Fulham squad, I think there's eight or ten players in that squad that, that were there in the last final. Um, so there's experience to talk to players uh, in that group and say what it is going to be like, what you're going to experience out there, what you need to do. So although Brentford are favourites... I strongly, if we turn up and we play as we can play, then we can beat them tomorrow. Um, Okay. Emilio, I want to get your thoughts because I've heard all this about experience. Fulham have the experience. That's totally true. And I hate to use this uh, comparison. Aston Villa had that experience two seasons prior, and we came in and and we did a number on them. I think it's a little bit different because that experience was not being in a final like Fulham are with all these players. How much do you put stock on experience and also your thoughts on Brentford? I think obviously Brentford are the the babies of this division in terms of all the media are heaping a hell of a lot of pressure on, on this team. They, they're the most exciting team in the division in many respects, the way we were two years ago. You know, we were the darlings of the championship two years ago. All the media wanted Fulham to beat Aston Villa. Today or tomorrow, it's the other way around. Everyone wants Brentford to play in the, in the top flight for the first time in their career. They want to play in their new stadium. In the Premier League, you know, so for, you know, from a neutral perspective, people will want Brentford to play, A, because they play attractive football and B, because it'll be a new club in the Premier League. So the pressure is on their shoulders, not just from the big game side of things, but also from the media who will, who will see them as the darlings of this uh, of this division. Yep. They are a very exciting team to watch on their day. They, they can beat anybody. We've seen that and they can win comfortably and handsomely. But there are there are some weaknesses in, in, their, in their gameplay and... You know, it's it's all about mental pressure and strength, and like I mentioned before, that's the key thing. Have they got that bottle to win over ninety minutes, and you know, and be and, and make, make their fans proud for getting themselves into the Premier League? So for me, again, at the end of the day, we've got the experience, but but Aston Villa had the experience two years ago. No, they they. That's why it. I wanted to bring that up. To be fair, yeah. To, so to be honest, I, it's form, experience, somewhat goes out of the window. It's a one-off game. Anyone can win. Anyone can lose, and it. Just takes a sending off. You've got a sending off. You've yep. got your down to ten men for the rest of the game. In a season, you've got forty-five additional games to recover from that one game where you may lose because you've you've had a, a man down. Here, you haven't got that luxury. So, 
it's one game, 90 minutes, 11 against 11, hopefully, and whoever plays best on the day will, will get to the Premier League. That's the bottom line as far as I'm concerned. But we'll talk about the, the pitch, how that will you know, potentially favour Fulham. But yep. for me, they will have, they've got the media on their backs as well, and they've got, to, they've got to deal with that pressure as well. Okay, excellent. All right, guys, I, I mentioned this to you guys off air, and I want to talk about it now. Mm-hmm. Brentford's Emiliano Marcondo says, Fulham fear his club. And Rob, you and I were talking about it, and uh, you have a view on this. So what are your thoughts on what he shared? And because um, for me, you know, and again, maybe it's just where I am and, and I have a, a local team that actually uses it as fuel. Uh, I know you have a, a different take on this, but what are your thoughts about this? Because I, th- I thought this comes off as a little bit overconfident from this player. I'm not saying that all the players believe this, but I was, you know, and again, I, w- I would recommend – Fulham players not say anything before a match to be used as bulletin board material. What are your thoughts about this? Yeah, well, I've read it on social media. I've not seen the clip or whatever. Uh, you know, we don't know. Maybe it'd be taken out of context what he said. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it'll even enter Scott Parker's head in terms of his team talk. Okay. Uh, one or two of the players might have mentioned it in training today or yesterday. Did you see? Uh, and I've actually seen some smiling, laughing faces from Kevin Mack on uh, on Instagram that he's put it. So, you know, the lads have obviously just had a little joke about it. But, um, you know, it's not going to enter Scott's mind. It won't even come up in the conversation of, it, of any of his team talks. Uh, and like you say, I'm, I'm happy that all the Fulham players experienced and the younger ones have, have, are just keeping their, their mouth shut and just exactly. getting on with their job nice and quietly. And then we'll go out there tomorrow, and, you know, we'll, we'll be, be ready for... Uh, for them, where whatever side they play out and whatever side we we turn out, but yes, in the old days, in, in Gordon and myself's days, maybe something like this might have been pinned up on the board from Malcolm McDonald or Bobby Campbell's. That you know, see what so and so said down the road. I think them days are gone now with the way mm. the game's gone and analysis and all stuff like that. You know, the stuff like this don't enter um, today's games management and coaches' uh, minds. Okay, Gordon, what's your view on it? Do you agree with Rob? Um, I agree with him that it's uh, no longer part of the game unless a manager comes out with a statement like that and then the press jump on it. Um, I think for one of the players to say something like that, and he is a foreign player, as Rob said, it could have been taken out of context and he may have used one or two words because of limited uh, English experience. Um, I've not heard him actually speaking, so I don't know how good his his English is. It's probably better than mine. Um, but it's one of those situations where the players will have heard about it. Um, yeah. They will have had a laugh and a joke themselves mm. and probably made uh, little jokes up about if they're going to go Kevin out. Kevin McDonald already has commented on, I believe, I want to say, one of the social media platforms, you know, again, like right. you said, joking about it. Yeah, and if and if, if you lined up in the tunnel, somebody like Rob may have looked across from him. Uh, if we're walking out together, and he might have gone, ooh. Just like that, just just to say, oh, I'm really frightened of you, but wait for the first tackle. So, yeah, it, it, it doesn't come in unless the managers get involved these days. So I think okay. it's uh, it, it, it's a quiet time before the final, so the press yeah. have got to latch on to something. Okay. Emilio, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, again, echo what the guys are saying. There's, there's always an element of mind games in these sort of big, big one-off sure. games, aren't there? So you're always going to have a character. You know, typically a foreign, maybe a foreign person who will come and, 
and claim to have made a statement that will maybe antagonize or upset our fans. But knowing how Scott Parker operates, you know, that's, you know, that it's old news. It's fake news as far as he's concerned. So it's, he'll be, he'll be keeping his players focused. You know, they'll be mentally ready for this game tomorrow. And, you know, whatever goes on behind the scenes, that's, that's Brentford's problem. Let's worry about our own problems and how do we win tomorrow? That should be our focus. So okay. it's like I said, it's, it would have been fake news and it would have been dead and buried a long time ago. Okay. Excellent. All right. All right. Rob, back over to you because I, I want to focus on Brentford some more. And I want to get your view, both you and Gordon as players. Watching Brentford, does Brentford have weaknesses that Fulham can exploit? We know how Fulham play. How do they take advantage of any weaknesses that Brentford have? Yeah, I mean, obviously they are a very uh, forward-thinking side. The front three, as we well know, the BMW on their day are the best three in this division by a long stretch. Even though you would say on paper at the beginning of the season when we had Mitro, Knockout, and Cavalero, everyone was saying that these three should, you know, rip this division apart. Obviously, that's not happened consistently with uh, Cavalero and Knockout because they've been too inconsistent. Mitro's Mitro. He's done what he's paid to do. He's scored 26 goals. I don't think the other two have, um, have helped. In terms of them, yeah, I, I think defensively, although they, you know, they, they look pretty sound, I think the two centre-halves are cumbersome. I think um, depending whether Mitro plays or not, or even if Bobby plays up the middle, I think the game plan that Scott will play, um, you know, if we can get down the sides of them, I don't think they're too mobile. They're both uncomfortable, you know, down the channels. I think their fullbacks are very, uh, very forward thinking. So again, you know, Cabano's come in and done very well the last four or five games. So I think yep. he gives us natural width. Uh, and whoever plays on the right, whether it be Knockart, it may be Kamara. He came on and had an impact on, on, on the other I, night. I thought he was fantastic in the second half. I, I seriously think he must be considered to start, you know, because I think he could really push the fullbacks back. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's where it is. They're midfield three, uh, uh, workman-like, you know. Uh, so I think they'll, they'll, they'll be pressing Tom and, and Reedy and, and Oliver in there. But I think... I think we can get between the between the lines between their midfield three and their and their back four. I think that little pockets of space where I thought Tom Kearney was fa- fa- fantastic the other night against um, against Cardiff. Even though we lost the game in that second half, I thought he, he you know he really got on the game and, and played a, a slightly more advanced role. Um, and, and and I think the game will be very cagey. Uh, but I still think that they've got sort of some issues at the back there in between their the back four and the midfield three, I think, where we can exploit spaces. Okay, excellent. What's your view, Gordon? Yeah, Rob's covered quite a bit of it. But um, as he said, I'm not a fan of the two centre-halves, even though they have got uh, a good understanding together. And you look at their defensive record over the year, it's been pretty good. But when there is that little bit of a wobble, um, I think they get dragged apart a bit. Um, And all depending who we play. Yes, their full-backs love to go forward, but they do throw themselves in sometimes at tackles. And if you've got either one of two or three players that we've got wide, taking them on. And yep. yes, there's a, it's a big pitch. And I know you want to talk about it a bit later on. Yep. But I think, to be perfectly honest with you, I think that's going to be in our favour, the way that we keep the ball. Uh, and against Brentford, who may want to press us high up the pitch. If they don't, then they tend to drop back and play 4-5-1 um, with, with Watkins just left up front to use his pace. 
So as long as we keep knocking the ball around quickly and we, ju- we just don't keep it for the sake of keeping it, then I think we can play around them. Um, and as Rob said, you've got to have some of the midfield players, and Tom did it in a Cardiff game. He's got to be closer to Mitrovic and possibly Ekadova mm. Reed. And you've got to have Onoma pushing into the box on crosses and not crossing the ball and there's just Mitrovic in there. He can't do it by himself. He's jumping, jumping with two centre-halves all season. And if he's not going to go for goal, sometimes he hasn't even got an option to knock it back for somebody. So uh, I think that's where we can press them and push them into making mistakes is if we get quality balls into the box and then we get support around Mitrovic. Um, they're, they're not as good defending as the, the league suggests, in my opinion. Okay. Emilio, over to you. I want to get your thoughts of what the guys just shared. And uh, it's very interesting because if I'm reading correctly or listening correctly to Gordon, he just doesn't want us to have possession for possession's sake. He wants us to be more forward-thinking. Would that be fair to say, Gordon, more forward-thinking? Yeah, we've got to get more people in and around mm-hmm. that 18-yard box rather yep. than Mitrovic in, inside and everybody else 10 yards outside the box. Okay. Yeah. What are your thoughts about all that, Amelia? Yeah, I agree with that. You know, there'll be many games this season where we haven't looked toothless up front, despite the fact Mitrovic scores twenty six goals. We don't, we don't provide ninety minutes of threat very often. We the moments of threats here and there, but not persistent ninety minutes of you know dominating a game. How many games have we dominated for ninety minutes this season? Very few. So Brentford like to get out of the blocks very early. So if we can contain them in a very in that opening fifteen twenty, that will suit us because Brentford. I'm not sure they. They will want to get out of the blocks that quickly and contain that level of you know speed for 90 minutes on a big pitch. So for me, it'll be interesting to see what sort of tactics they, they bring into the play tomorrow because they play like they traditionally have done all this season. Right from the whistle, they'll be they'll be pressing up the pitch. Absolutely. I'm not going to do that. They might be a little bit more cagey. It's a big game, okay. big, biggest game in their history. Um, so as far as they're concerned, they've got to, they may have to change their tactics somewhat. Defensively, I think we're probably as strong or as weak as one another. I think you know we've got some frailties in defence. We've seen that against Cardiff the other night. So we we think we can exploit them. They'll probably think similarly. We can exploit Fulham. You know, so it's. Okay. I think I think we're even, Stevens, when it comes to defensively. I think we've both, we've both got our strengths and weaknesses. For me, it's you know it's about possession, keeping ball, frustrating them is, is a key for me. Frustrate Brentford. Yeah. You know, let, let us dominate possession. But I agree with Gordon. We've got to push up the pitch a bit more because if we're going to yeah. sit back and wait for that moment, we might be two goals down before that even happens. So for me, you know, be more positive. And if we play like we did against Cardiff last Monday, then I think we've got every chance to win tomorrow I night. I totally agree with that. It's, that's the type of way we have to play. Press up, use play to your strengths. But again, it goes back about all the players are supposedly fit yep. you know, or, or available for selection. Does that mean they're ready to start? or they're available to be on the bench or possibly start. So uh, we can speculate, but yep. I'm not sure the, the statement from Scott Parker suggested both Mitrovic and Cabana are fit to play, but are, are available for selection. So maybe read what you want from that statement. But, okay. you know, if, I, okay. if I could just come in there, Russ, uh, and on, just mention on. something that, that Rob mentioned earlier about the home game where, where we lost 2-0. Mm, yep. I think um, there wasn't much in the game between both teams and, Literally, I think after 15 or 20 minutes of the game, um, or 15 or 20 minutes into the half, uh, Decadova Reed had a great chance and hit the bar from about yeah. eight yards out, nine yards out. So we've never seen how 
uh, Brentford react when they go a goal behind to us. They've always been in front. So if we can push forward and get that first goal, it's a whole different mindset then for both teams. Mm. Very good point. Totally agree. All right, guys, uh, before we move on, I have to share this for Rob. Okay, uh, we have a comment here. So, Rob, Rob Wilson, great to see you, and good luck. Fulham tomorrow, Standard 442, we'll be watching. So, so just just wanted that's to share. As a competitor's podcast, he's a, he's a great guy. <laughs> he follows Blackburn, Blackburn Rovers. Oh, really? Okay, okay, very good. All right, guys. All right, let's let's move on with our preview. And I'm I want to know I now want to go back. You guys have already touched on it a little bit. I do want to talk about the pitch, and I do want to get both of your thoughts and Emilio as well. Who does this benefit? And this goes to how we're talking about how foam could potentially play because I, I want at some point at, when we get near the end of the show, how can foam win this match through both of your eyes, Rob and uh, Gordon, and of course also you, Emilio. So, Rob, I'll start with you. Which club benefits most from the large pitch at Wembley? I said more, but I'm going to say most. Well, I mean, I, I'd say we we would benefit because we've we've got the experience of being there two years ago. A lot of the lads in the squad this time round will have benefited, and I know uh, it is a, a sapping pitch that does take more out of you than it looks from from the from the touchline or watching on the television. Um, yeah, I mean, we 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 do play a, a technical game and a possession based game and. Uh, and as as Gordon and Emilio said early on, if they do press us, you know, they've they've got a big decision. And Frank's is, you know, he's quite a bullish manager when he's interviewed. Yes. You know, he likes to be bullish. Whether he's, you know, he wasn't too bullish when he lost against Barnsley and Stoke. Um, <laughs> so you know, let's see where is he going to be brave and come out the blocks like he did the other night, fifteen minutes and try and roll Swansea over if he if, if he's going to try and do that to us at Wembley. That'd be a brave, brave statement if he did. Uh, and if they drop off too much, you know, we get in our, our natural footballing game and That's start right. to pass and get and get the confidence, which is what we're good at. Once we get past that, I think every game for Fulham, the first fifteen or twenty minutes sets out the whole ninety minutes. Because if we're set up right for the first fifteen or twenty and don't concede, we grow into the game, whether That's we're right. home or away, with or without a crowd. Wembley, Brentford or Fulham. And I think that'll be no different tomorrow. I think if we start the game on the front foot, whether they press or not press us, as long as we get our possession-based game, you know, and I know sometimes we're a little bit critical of passing it across the back for the sake of passing it. I mean, I've read some stats the other day that were mind-boggling that uh, Mawson was, you know, second or third in the list of passes and he's not played for five, six months. (laughs) Um, because when he did play, all, all him and Reem did was pass it to each other in some games for numerous passes. I remember. I remember. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think I think the pitch can suit us because, as I say, two twofold really. I think it, you know we will play our passing game and keeping the ball, and we've got three lads in the middle. I think the game will be one in midfield. I know we discussed earlier. Both defenses are very similar. Both attacks, if they play to their natural, the front three of ours and theirs. I think the game will be won in midfield. It will be if our if our three midfield are better than theirs, we will win the game. Mm. Okay. Full stop. Okay. Let me go back, me to, go Rob. back to Rob. Say the, Say midfield, the midfield three midfield is three Harrison Reed, Tom, Tom Kearney, and, and Josh Onama. In the yeah, match, match at, at Cardiff, Cardiff. Car- Kearney and Onama were more forward thinking. Is that what you would do if you were Scott Parker? 
get them more forward. You know, again, that's something that Gordon was already talking about. It's 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 putting more pressure on them. Do they need to be playing more aggressive than again when Tom goes back for the ball? Again, it seems to slow us up when he is like you said. You've already said this closer to Mitrovic. I think we're a different side or or closer or more up front because Mitrovic didn't play at Cardiff. But I think you understand what I'm saying. Your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, that is the three that has to start tomorrow. There's no, there's no, there's no two ways about that. That is the three that we'll, we would all hope would start. And the three of them are in very good form. I mean, Harrison Reed has been one of our best players for since lockdown for the whole eight games, every game. Josh has grown immensely in the last sort of five, six months, you know, and it was fitting that he got a, a quality goal the other night. And we all know what Tom does. When he's yeah. on his game, he's the best player in this division by a long stretch. Yes, he, he dips in and out, but we've seen enough in after lockdown playing that little bit more advanced role now after his right. injury to, to make us tick. And, uh, and, and Gordon's right. If Mitro starts or even if Reed starts up there, we need to get our midfield two, mm-hmm. other than Harrison, obviously, who still gets about the pitch, closer to the, to the main mm-hmm. striker. Absolutely. And, Gordon, I'm glad that we're talking about this because we're, we're really getting into potential strategy for Fulham and how that they can really get at Brentford. So, again, it's a large pitch. You've already talked about it. You think the advantage is Fulham, but let's really work on this a little bit more on the midfield three because I think they're a key in this larger pitch too. I think they can dictate the play, but I think that Tom and Anima need to be in a more advanced role. Yeah, you're dead right in, in those comments. And Rob is um, spot on when he says about those two getting forward because you've got Tom Kearney, which Robert said on his day, he's the best player in that position in the league. And we don't see enough of him. When he's there, he can score goals from 22, 23 yards out. And it's as if he's just passing it into the top corner. There's no sort of uh, just power and try and beat the, the keeper through pace, he picks out a spot and he goes for it. Um, and I, he's not been in those positions, I would have said, for probably two-thirds of the season. Um, and that's right. one player. I think, what has he got? He's got eight goals this year. Um, he possibly should be nearer double that, in my opinion. And that's okay. only speaking about going going forward. I spoke to uh, Josh uh, Onema uh, earlier in the season Um in, in, in my lounge and um, I was asking him about his, the position that he play is playing in and what's his best position and he wanted to play in a position where he could get from box to box and he wanted to, to use his lungs and his energy to pick the ball up deep to run past players or to pass run past two or three players and get the return um, and he, he was being played wide or he was being played in a defensive role and as Rob said, the last four or five games where he's been allowed to go forward, he's caused all types of problems. And even on the Cardiff, he's shimmied past two or three players, scored a great goal. And then he was the furthest man forward when he's chested it down to uh, Bobby Reed to just yeah. knock the ball over the bar. So he's a dangerous character uh, when he goes forward. Um, he scored a, a, a few late goals for us as well, important goals towards the end of the season. So he's got to be pushing further forward. Uh, if he gets in the box, Tom is just outside the box, and then you've got uh, Harrison Reed on the cover just for that quick breakaway. Because I think as long as we're organised, and it was said to us in our day, 
the defenders have got to be thinking about defensive formations mm-hmm. and who's being picked up when we have got the ball and when we are attacking. Right. Because people, yeah. defenders turn off and they think, well, I'll, I'll have a quick look. Yes, he's got him. I'll come another five yards this way. And suddenly it breaks down one ball, which happened at Swan, um, for the Swan, uh, the Brentford goal against Swansea. One long throw out, one pass, and Watkins is in on goal right. with just basically two passes of the ball straight down the middle of the pitch. So as long as we're organised, then yes, I think we can uh, we can take them. But the, as every game, it's won and lost in midfield. If if the midfield is not playing well and not getting the ball forward and supporting the forwards, you've got to have somebody up there that may take the ball, beat three or four players and knock it in the back of the net. Mitro isn't that type of player. Cavaliero could do it. Decadova Reed could do it. Knockard could do it. But generally, they are 15, 20 yards behind him and everybody has got to get closer to him. And we can win the game, but it's, it's going to be won or lost in midfield. Okay. And before I go to Emilio, because I definitely want Emilio's thoughts on all this, which which have been great. Back to you, because this is something that Rob said really stood out for me. The first 15, 20 minutes, weathering the storm. Now, again, maybe they come up with a different approach, or maybe they just do what they normally do. If they do what they normally do, Gordon, and Fulham can weather that storm and get into their pattern, I think Fulham are in great shape, because I think then, then we control the match. Do you see the first 20 minutes, if we are... Even or ahead, we're in great shape. I'm curious your view on that. Yes, uh, v- very much so, because we, you've mentioned about both defences being equally as bad or equally as good. Uh, we tend to give teams those one or two chances in that first 15, 20 minutes. Unfortunately, in my opinion, our player of the year, Marek Rodek, uh, he's kept us in games. Um, and I think if we get through that first 15 minutes and if they do press us, then to me, you've got to slightly change. Yes, you can pass along the back midfield, back to the back four, back to the keeper. But then people have got to clear their lines and he's got to knock it long. You can't stand back on the edge of the six yard box. Let the keeper knock it long because there are big spaces then between the forwards, the midfield and the, and the full uh, the defensive four. So it, it's such a big uh, pitch. And if, yep. if you give other teams that's a free ball and you've got space and you cause yourself problems. So it's a way of playing it. You don't play one game all for 90 minutes. You've got to play it long. You've got to play it short. You've got to sort of mix it up. And mix if we up, do that's, mix that's it up and we, and we can mix it up, then I, I think we can weather any pressure that they want to put us, put on us early on without overplaying at the back. Mm. And that's sort of having eight or nine passes and we haven't even got out of the box. If we do that, <laughs> that's when we invite problems. Um, totally agree. But, yeah, but uh, if it's nil-nil after 15, 20 minutes, we've already grown into the game. And I think then things will pan out then in, in our favour. Okay, excellent. Emilio, I've given you a lot to think about with uh, both of our guests here. They've uh, actually given us some great stuff. So I want to get your thoughts because we are focusing on the large pitch, but it has led to other things such as talking about the opening 15, 20 minutes. You talk about keep ball, right? But yeah. you're also going to be dealing with – I'm expecting pressure unless they want to keep it cagey. I, I, again, 
Knowing the way they are, I'm going to think that they're going to try to take it to us early. So I'm thinking whether the storm like Gordon and Robert talking about it, and then we can get into our patterns. We can start to control. But I like what Gordon just said. Don't be predictable. Mm-hmm. If you need to kick it long, kick it long. I, I, I agree. Mix it up. What are your thoughts about all this? Yeah, lots of good points that the guys have raised. You know, there's another perspective. You could I'm trying to put another perspective to this because obviously you look at the game against Leeds at Craven Cottage. Everyone expected us to sit on the back foot. What did we do? We gave we we surprised Leeds that day. We pressed yep. up a lot more higher up the pitch, if I recall, in that game, and we beat the then leaders. You know, yes, we rode our luck throughout that game, but at the end of the day, Leeds didn't expect us to get at them right from the off. So potentially, you might see Scott Parker giving it as good as they get, you know, by giving, you know, playing to Brentford style of football, getting at them right from the off, rather than playing a typical Scott Parker, you know, hold the ball for 15, 20 minutes, weather that storm, keep possession and grow into the game. You know, you might slightly see a different perspective, you know, be interesting. You know, I still think he'll play very, a very cagey 15, 20 minutes and just, just, just hold possession and just, just enjoy the moment for, you know, without necessarily um, attacking too high up the pitch. My worry is if we could overcommit up front, with some of the suggestions the guys have made, I think our weak link are the two, are the two fullbacks in defence. And on a big pitch like Wembley, you're going to be penalised if you end up leaving them both exposed. So for me, Christie likes to get forward, but defensively, you know, he's not not his strongest point. And Joe Bryan, similarly, you know, we've shown what weaknesses he has in defence over the last two seasons. So for me, it's this fine balance. You know, as much as I'd like to press up the pitch and you know, and, and you know. Tom and, and Josh giving uh, more support around uh, Mitrovic. I don't want to overcommit either because I worry about my fullbacks and the fact they'll get exposed. We, we haven't got Ryan Fredericks that like we had two years ago who can bomb up and down that pitch. We haven't got that luxury this time around. So for me, let's let's bear that in mind as well. And obviously you've got Harrison Reed who will protect your back four. There's only so much cover he can he can make as well. So it's key having the likes of Knockhard who's maybe not playing consistently well, he does like he does go back and defend and defend and support his team defensively. So we need everyone fighting for the shirt tomorrow. But the other pos- the other thing we haven't covered off as well is when we've seen Josh Shonham and Tom Kenny push up front, we've created more the opposition have made more fouls. They've committed more fouls. And that's what you want. You want your defend yeah. your opposing defenders to make mistakes. And right. where you think, how many how many goals have we scored from free kicks of late? How many Free kicks from key positions have we have we uh, created? Why is that? Because we're, we're creating that bit more pressure up front. We're causing defenders to make mistakes. And Cabana's obviously taking taking his chances from the from from free kicks. Tom Kenny won a free kick last week against um, Cardiff City in the away leg. You know why was that? Because they were allowed to push up a little bit further. So it's a fine balance here. Whether it's on for fifteen twenty minutes, but use your strength. You know Josh Onema is you know. Can you know can allow defenders to you know to commit a foul? Tom Kearney, Mitrovic, all these big players. Let's let's use them to our advantage and and get the Brentford defence to make mistakes. And that's when they'll they'll start to start feeling the pressure. Okay, excellent, great stuff, guys. All right, coming up, we're now going to push the focus on Fulham. What do Fulham need to do to win this match? Okay, all right, let's get into it, and let's start here, guys. I I want to get your key players for Fulham in this match against Brentford. Rob, I'm going to start with you. Who has to have an exceptional game for Fulham to win? I have a funny feeling it's going to be someone in the midfield three or maybe all of the midfield three. Who has to play really well for Fulham to win? Um, well, I mean, as, as we've touched on already, I think the game's going to be won and lost in midfield. So it'd be no surprise to, to any of you that I predict that if Tom Kearney plays to the, the maximum capability that we've seen in recent games, and we all know that he's got in his locker, 
he's instrumental in making Fulham tick both with and without the ball. Yep. Um, I think if he plays, if he plays well, and he and the rest of the team uh, are backing him up and all putting in, you know, eight and nine out of ten, then we can win this game. Pretty, pretty I'm pretty confident of that. But you know, it's it's not going to be easy. It could uh, could be won or lost on an individual mm. piece of brilliance, or it could be won or lost on a an, in, an individual mistake at the other end. So we've just got to make sure, because we have had a few mistakes in our locker defensively, uh, both Hector and Reem are partial to one, and yes. Emilio's right, Joe Bryan, you know, loves going forward defensively, can, you know, can come unstuck a few times. Um, but if, you know, if we're pushing them the other way, then their two wide players, you know, should be uh, trying to help their fullbacks if, if, if it's Cabano or Kamara or Knockout uh, going the other way. But to me, if, if Tom Kearney's on his game and he puts in a, a captain's performance, we will win this game. I'm going to agree with you because when he plays well, form play well. I, I think I, I've been consistent with, with that. The stats, he, the stats don't lie. You look at the stats yeah. over the last few years and, and, and they would back him up. You know, we'll all have our own opinions much of the Fulham fans for or against when, when Tom's playing. Yep. And I think it's all key to what position he's asked to play in by the manager. Right, right. If he's forward more up the pitch, I think that's Correct. that's so much better for him. I, I think it unlocks him and unlocks the team. So I hope that's what Scott's going to do tomorrow night. All right, Gordon, I want to get your key players. I'm going to throw a, a name you've already mentioned and see if you agree with me because obviously we're focusing on players like Kearney. I'm going to go right to Merrick Rodak because of the firepower of Brentford. He has to have an exceptional match because I think he's going to be tested at some point. Your thoughts? Yeah, he, he's been, I've mentioned to other people, he's, he's my sort of uh, player of the season, to be perfectly honest with you. It was, a, it was a close call between him and two players that have really only played half a season, and that's Hector and uh, Harrison Reed. Those are my one, two, and three as far as player of the season is concerned. Um, yes, uh, as goalkeepers go, they can always make one bad mistake and they end up giving a goal away. Um, or they make one bad mistake as he, as he did away. He ran out to try to get the ball, mistimed it, took the forward down, got sent off. Um, and I've spoken to him since that. Um, and it was one of those things that was the first thing he thought of. He thought he could get there. And when you've committed yourself... You've just got to go. Um, but, yeah, he's um, – um, I think the one thing that showed up in the Cardiff game in the uh, second leg was that he didn't appear to be strong enough just to push the Cardiff person out of the way and the Cardiff player nailed him in one position yeah. and they got a free header. Uh, now, somebody's going to try and do that again in the final if – if we get uh, corners against. So he's now should have learned from that. And he's got to say, right, I'm bigger, I'm stronger than you. I'm just going to push you out the way and I'm going to go for the ball. But he's had such a fantastic season. Um, I just hope he's got one more game in him. If Brentford are on top, uh, he will be uh, a player that we will be looking at because he's kept us in games. And yep. even the, both Cardiff games, he made some fantastic saves uh, to keep us either on level terms or just the, the, the one goal in front. So he, he's going to be uh, de- defensively minded as uh, trying to keep them out. But mm. you've got you've to go with 
the big players in the team on on a day like tomorrow. And yep. really, the t- two big players we have are Kearney and Mitrovic. Mm-hmm. I'm just hoping, you said at the beginning, that um, he's fit and he will probably play. But is he 100% fit? That is my only concern about that we him don't know. and Kibano. Mm-hmm. If they both start, are they going to last an hour or are they going to last five minutes? That right. is my concern about them both carrying a little niggle and... If they sprint for one ball, that could be the end of their game. So mm. it's going to be interesting to see what team starts, but it's the big players. And as Rob mentioned, Tom has got to be one of those closest to Mitrovic and close to the edge of the box because he can score goals. He can go past people, as you mentioned, and gain free kicks. Yeah, And he can also pick out a pass. And he's probably one of the only of the three in midfield that can pick out a pass and open a defence up. And we need him there and not 30 yards back near the halfway line. I totally agree. And that's what's been frustrating, that he has been playing a more deeper role, getting the ball deeper. And uh, But when he plays more forward, it seems to, he seems to be a different player. Emilio, your thoughts on key players for you. We've given you a bunch of different names. Mm-hmm. I went with Rodak and then, of course, uh, Gordon and Rob have uh, different key players for Fulham. Who's key for you? You know, it's, it's, it's obviously, obviously you'd expect the likes of the big name players like the, the Toms of this world, the Mitrovic's of this world to be the ones who need to step up and, you know, improve their worth. But for me, sometimes it's the, the underdogs of the team, you know, the players who keep grafting, keep working hard, like the Harrison Reeds who keep chipping away, keeping yep. possession, keeping the ball moving. They're the ones who are quietly get on with business. And they're, for me, a key players in here, protecting that defence and keeping the ball ticking along. You know, Knockhart, for example, he's a he, you'd argue he's a big big game player as well. Maybe this is the the, the game that he's waited all season for. It'd be nice to see him that if he finally pulled you know pulls something out of the bag and plays his best game for the club. You know, we've got players on the big day who have played at the big at the big stage. They've played in the Premier League. They know how to win. They know how to be successful. So I expect some of these players who are on the periphery to maybe just start shining a little bit. And AK, you know, whether. <laughs> Whether he starts or not, look look at him two years ago, still immature. You know, he didn't. You know, he did okay in that, in that final couple of years ago, but he's a different player now. So, depending on the levels of fitness for for Mitrovic and Cabano, we might see AK starting. You know, I prefer to see him as an impact sub, but at the same time, you know, he if he starts, and I, I, you know, we might see a, a, a maturity of AK being <laughs> being the star player for Fulham. So, for me, it's I'd like to see the the, the players who've had less of an impression this season. Like the likes of Knockhart to step up if he, and actually do, do something of note, and Harrison Reed just keeping that ball ticking along. So then, then Tom Kearney can quietly get on with his business. And I don't want the focus to be purely on the Tom Kearney's and Mitrovic, because otherwise they'll just bully. You know, they'll bully us rather than we bully them in that position, and they'll okay. take these two players out of the game, and then we we somewhat become ineffective. So let's let's let them quietly get on with business, and if they if they, we can, they, we allow them to do that, then you know we might you know we we could. Pre- you know, create a surprise here and beat Brentford. So we are the underdogs here, let's be honest. But, uh, but, but whilst we're the underdogs, let Brentford have all the pressure they want. <laughs> we're good enough to beat them on the, on the day. That's the key thing for me. We are good enough to beat them in a one-off Absolutely. day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we, we shouldn't fear anybody. No. And, uh, and yeah. you know, I've hear, heard from fans that are very fearful of Brentford. I get it, but Fulham hmm. facing Liverpool or Man City tomorrow. They're not... Again, they're a good side. They're a very good side, but they're beatable. And that's my only point. They're beatable. And you guys have given the ways that 
Fulham can beat this side. That's why I'm glad that we're doing this because if you go in with the attitude, oh, they're so good, they should win this, I can give you an argument why Fulham can win. And you guys have made strong arguments why Fulham can win tomorrow and why I believe Fulham are going to win tomorrow. All right, let's now get into really talking about the starting 11. We have to start here. I've been teasing this a little bit. Scott Parker stated, and there's a quote, quote, we're full strength. Everyone's fit for tomorrow night, unquote. Okay. Now, I'm going to go to you for first, Gordon, because we already talked about this. The issue is they're all – everyone's fit, but how fit are they, okay? So what are your thoughts about this? Is, is he just letting everyone know that they're all available for selection, or is he telling us that Mitro's going to start? I, you know, again, I, I don't want to read – I guess I'm trying to read into it. What do you make from this statement from Scott Parker? Um. It's a statement that you would expect from any manager in that position that has had two niggling injuries just five days, six days before a cup final. Um, We don't know how bad Mitro's injury was. Um, Probably because of the way that we played at Cardiff in the first game without him. Uh, and, And we played so well in that second half, we didn't miss him. Um, it could have been a precaution that he wasn't going to play in the second leg anyway. Uh, so he's not, you could say he's had 10 days to uh, uh, get fit for the final. So um, it's a comment that I, I'd expect uh, from a manager yep. uh, because he's not going to say uh, we're not at full strength just to give <laughs> Brentford a, li- a little bit of a lift up uh, before the uh, the game we've even got to Wembley. So you've got to go um, you've got to read between the lines okay. because we don't know. We physically or mentally don't know how bad the injuries were. And if he wasn't even going to play in the second game, then I'm not worried about that at all. Um, Kibano, obviously he's fit. Whether it was a little tweak, well, again, from from experience, you've got to... The, the physios put you through probably more hard training to test um, an injury these days than probably when Rob and myself played. You could uh, do a three-quarter pace run, look as though you're going faster, and if the manager says, how are you feeling? Probably in those days, because you wanted to play, you'd say, I'm okay, boss. But you know that you're not fully fit. Um, But that was probably coming down to appearance money that people were on and they wanted to get a few bob in the back pocket before the game uh, finished. But um, you've you've got to go look at it and say, if he he says that they're full strength, then you would expect Mitro to start and Kibano to start. And uh, for me, if they're fit, yeah, they start and um, we're at full strength. Okay. Rob, what's your view on this? Is it coach speak trying to keep Brentford from guessing exactly what's going on or is this truly full strength and he can pick whoever he wants to start or is he playing a little mind games with Brentford your thoughts yeah I mean as, as Gordon's alluded to yeah I mean you wouldn't you wouldn't expect Scott to say anything other than he has got a full side to select from so um, we'll all be guessing right up until 6 45 <laughs> tomorrow night seven o'clock when when the teams are announced, exactly who's starting. Um, but uh, Gordon's right in that uh, Mitro's had 10 days now, so whatever slightly strain it was, um, he's had a little bit longer than he probably would have 
we wouldn't have got if we if we'd have had to try and rush him back to get a result in the second Cardiff game. But the performance in the second half, obviously at Cardiff, you know, he was never going to play no matter how fifty-fifty he was. To, to, we didn't need him for that game. So um, Gibano the same, maybe because he's not played a lot of football. He's had you know four or five games in in two or three weeks and. You know, he, he, it may have been precautionary when he came off. He didn't look too bad when he came off the other night to me. I think uh, he looked more favourable than Mitro, obviously, by the sounds of the media. But, yeah, you would expect Scott to do that. Mind games is call it what you want. But the bottom yeah. line, it, it's very reassuring for us as fans to know that he's in he's in the squad and he's in the ball game, whether it's starting or, or on the bench. We don't know. And, again, as Gordon alluded to, you know, Mitro might say he's fit. He could go after five minutes, which upsets your team pattern after, you know, Absolutely. the start of the game. You know, Mitro has to be honest with Scott because it's the biggest game, Huge you know, decision. of his managerial career. And it's probably not the, the biggest game of Mitro's career because he's probably going to play or has played bigger games. So he, he has to be honest with the manager and, 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 uh, and the physios and, and everyone around the, around the squad and say, yeah. I'm 100% fit. You know, if he's 70 or 80, we can't start him. You know, we cannot because right. it could it could go against us. And if he got injured in the first five, ten minutes, all of a sudden, all the work on the training pitch and the team pattern and play we do goes out the window because we have to readjust. So if he if he's not 100%, then um, Scott may hold him back on the bench. Uh, and if we need him at some point, he can come on. But, you know, we'll all be waiting for that uh, team announcement <laughs> at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Absolutely. We'll be waiting for that. Emilio, your thoughts? Mind games or is this legitimate full strength? They're both, really, to be honest. I think, I think Roger Lewis has also alluded that he's, he's playing mind games. But for me, yep. it's, he's maybe just stating a fact. You know, we are full strength. That means, you know, we've got, you know, to Rob's point, you know, the whole, the, all these key players are available for selection, not necessarily to, to actually play for 90 minutes. And I totally agree yeah, with, here, Rob, uh, with Gordon's here's point. Rogers, uh, you know? comment here. I think Scott Parker's playing mind games. Yeah, for me, it's um, you don't want to risk someone's if they're not 100% fit because, you know, you said we don't want to disrupt the our, our style of football, the approach that we've taken going into the game. If we suddenly get an injury within the first 10, 15 minutes, that's just going to completely screw things up for us. So, you know, if I was a betting man, you know, obviously it's all speculation, but, you know, are they... Does he warrant playing starting? First, that's the first question. And if he's not 100% fit, then you, you, I'm not sure you can risk him, to be honest. You know, I think we've got, you know, that's my worry. You know, he's, he's if he needs to be 100% fit to be yep. effective. And, um, yeah, we know what he can do in a six-yard box. But where we've been toothless and not necessarily creating enough opportunities in a six-yard box where, where he can he can bury chances, I would just worry that if he's not fit, he'll get frustrated. He'll start, start throwing his toys out the pram, throwing his hands up in the air. Get a yellow card, maybe get a sending off. I'm just worried about how he responds when when the, the Brentford players maybe defend particularly well against him. Don't give him any space. He'll start to get frustrated, and that's that's also what we don't want either. We want we want a fully focused Mitrovic, 100% fully fit Mitrovic, yeah. and then we'll cause him problems. If he's not if he's not in the right mindset or 100% fit, then I think it's a big risk to play him. Okay, interesting. And, You'd want to play theoretically your biggest player on the on the night on the biggest stage in the championship for the biggest one off game in in the world football. So dilemma, no. not a dilemma I want to have. It's a, no, sure, but again, it goes back to what we've been talking about, guys. That Mitro has to be honest with Scott Parker so he can make this huge decision. He needs to be honest about the severity of the injury. If he's good to go, if he feels he can play. 
go 60 minutes, 90 minutes, then he has to then be honest with, with uh, Scott Parker and say yes. But if he's not being honest, then that could potentially hurt Fulham. So I think uh, Mitro just has to be honest with Scott Parker and we'll see what happens. Like like Rob said, when you know we'll we'll know soon enough when uh, when the starting eleven and the eighteen come out. All right, guys, it's time to put you on the spot. We're not doing predictions yet, don't worry. But we are going to talk about starting eleven. So, Emilio, I'll give you first crack at this. What's your starting eleven for tomorrow? Can I have two starting 11s? You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think well, defense... Are you going to name Brentford as well then? <laughs> <laughs> I think defensively, I think we'll stay. I think we'll be the same back four as we saw against Cardiff. I think Christie ahead of Odoi. And, okay. and, and midfield, I think obviously, I think it'll be Harrison Reed, obviously Kearney and Josh. This is where it starts to get a little bit interesting now. Where, you know, who would you... I think Knockhart will start. I think not, you know, the Anthony Knockhart has been knocking on the door the last couple of games. You know, I know he got frustrated when he got subbed the other night, but he had a better game. It's just if he could just sort out that limiting final ball, you know, he just needs to be a little bit more consistent in that in that position. I think um, Mitrovic will start. I think I think whether we think okay. I think you, he will play. Okay. Give him like, like you said, Russ. Give him sixty minutes. Yeah, and see how he how he fares. You know, if he can last that long, and then. We we've obviously got the likes of Kamara, who's who's potentially available. But I'd like to see Kamara start though. I don't know. I know everyone says put him as an impact sub, but you know, I'd like to see. I'd like to see. I'd like to see him being victorious tomorrow. I think this guy has matured in in the last twelve months. He's a different player this season. Absolutely. You know, let's. I just think this, the stage is set for him. So if Kabana's not one hundred percent fit, you might either see um, either Bobby Reed going out wide or or potentially. Um, Okay, there's so many, so many ifs and buts here, to be honest. But there I, are, I, there are so many different ways you can go yeah, here. Look at it so many different ways. But for me, I think Mitrovic will start. Um, Knockout will play, um, and potentially you might see Cabano or an um, AK in that position. Okay, that. interesting. Okay, Gordon, I'll go to you next. Give me your starting eleven for form against Brentford. Well, ten, ten are the same. Goalkeeper and back four, a middle three: Kenny, Onama, Reed. And then at, at the moment, if Cabano isn't play, if he's fit, he plays, and it's okay. knockout Mitra Cabano. If he's not like fit, that. or if he's not fit, then I would play uh, Cavaliero or Cavaliero, and I would have AK and Bobby Reed coming on as impact subs later wow. on in the game. To me, I still think there's a lot of improvement for AK to do, uh, and when he comes on with 20 minutes to go. I think he frightens people. When I he agree. Starts the, when he starts the game, I think he frightens the supporters because you just don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> uh, and he, he could literally do one magic run and score a cr- goal or cross it for somebody to score, or he could end up just running off the pitch. Um, he has settled down in the last sort of he 12 has. months. Um, and, and, I'm, and I'm really pleased for him because... Yeah. Uh, having spoken to him as well, he's a really nice guy and he wants to improve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still think he's at that stage where, um, and it, it's great for your your team to have somebody like that because half the time I think he doesn't know what he's going to do. And if he doesn't <laughs> know what he's going to do, then the defenders against him haven't got a hope in hell. But I, I would go with uh, Kibano. If not, I'd put uh, Cavaliero up there just okay. to use the width of the pitch. 
Mm. What are your thoughts on Bobby Decker over Reed, Gordon? I, I, I think he needs um, a, a major confidence booster. And the confidence booster is scoring goals because he's See, I playing think that he needs position. to score multiple goals. Yes. To get that yes. It's, it's not when he scored sort of a couple of knock-ins in the six-yard box after either mistakes or shots were parried out against Luton earlier in the year, uh, I said then, that is what we've been missing in the six-yard box. We haven't had anybody who's following up on shots after, for instance, Kenny has a shot or Mitro has a shot. We're always 10 yards away from the keeper. He's been the only person that that is going to go into those areas. And I was hoping that he was going to, start scoring a few more goals and a few simple goals from four yards, six yards out. It hasn't worked out for him. He scores a world, a a world-class goal and he beats cuts inside on from the left, beats four players, smacks, smacks it in the back of the net. It's still not enough for him because Uh I think he's playing in his position, which is neither up front with Mitrovic and it's neither an attacking midfield player. So I think he's in a, um, a catch-22 situation yeah. at the moment where Scott wants him to play. Um, and I think he's got to find that position where he gets his confidence back. And I think he will start scoring goals because you don't score 20-odd goals at Bristol City I know. and then come to Fulham mm-hmm. and, and score four or five or six. So he's got the ability to do it and he knows where he should be. I don't think he's being played in, in a, a position that gets the best out of him as an individual. Okay. And I think that's a fair assessment. I think it's a combination, like you said, also confidence. I think he lacks that confidence that only scoring multiple goals. That's why I said not one goal. He needs to score multiple goals to get him really that confidence growing. But I I agree. Maybe it's also a position issue with uh, Bobby Decker. Okay. Over to you, Rob. Give me your starting 11. Uh, well, no surprise. The, the keeper back four and, and and the midfield three, which you know we've all been talking about all night, is 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 more or less uh, my team that I would start with out of them. Obviously, we've got the dilemma of the front three in terms of combinations, but I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my head on the block here, and I know Gordon sort of just alluded to AK, but I think this game could be the turning point of his career. I, re- I would definitely start him on the right. Okay. I saw enough when he came on the other day and then two chances cutting in. I think he's maturing as each game goes on. And, yeah, I agree that, you know, you never know what he's going to do. But I'd rather him have, you know, a good 60 minutes and then come off uh, rather than an impact 20 minutes when we're chasing a game or trying to see a game out. But So I think that the, 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 the fixture there tomorrow night is for him to really... You know, come come to the come to the to the dance and and and, and let's see what you've got. He has got better as the season gone on. Um, yes, there's lots of flaws in his in his in his armour, but I still think he, he, you know he, he's something that could put the defenders of Brentford, especially mm-hmm. the left back, under a bit of pressure. Yeah. Uh, so I would start with him on the right. Uh, in terms of the left, Cabana's got to play. He's fit. He's been he's been one of our best players for the last five or six games. Again, he, he's, he's a lad that's come in unexpectedly, not really had the, the game time over the last 18 months. And, and, you know, he flits in and out, but we've seen enough quality in the last five or six games for him to warrant his position. You know, it's hard on knockout. He's, you know, he's a big money signing and he puts in a shift every game. But I just think, you know, again, a bit like David Kogarud, you know, he's lacking that, he's lacking goals because he's a confidence type player. Yep. 
and if Mitro, if Mitro's fit, he plays. If Mitro don't fit, yeah. Bobby has to play down the middle. So the only real dilemma for me is Mitro, uh, Mitro Kamara and, and Cabano, and obviously if Mitro don't is not hundred percent fit, and Bobby plays down the middle. So you know that would be my starting lineup. Okay. You know that leaves uh, that leaves Bobby on the bench as an impact player if if Mitro is going to start. Um, Cavalier on the bench, so. You know, let's see. Uh, I'll put my head on the block and say AK will be one of the main players that will win us the game. Tomorrow. Wow. Okay. Well, that's very interesting that you went there. All right, guys. We're going to end the show with guess what? The predictions. Okay. Let's get to it. All right. Let's get to your predictions, guys. Over to you, Emilio. Give me your prediction. Well, I'm obviously not going to bet against our team for obvious reasons, so it's – could this be a 2-1 extra time victory? I think it'll be quite a nail-biting, very close game. And if we may end up biting our fingernails and it will go into extra time. So I'm going to stick my neck at it. It will go to extra time and we'll pinch it late on. Is this 2-1. for your first starting 11 oh, or your God. second starting 11? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. At the end of the day, I think we've got enough quality on the bench, but it's it's all about the style of football we play, the approach that we take, and, and let's say to put Brentford under pressure, but I think it'll be very nail-biting throughout. I think all championship finals tend to be very nail-biting. It was two years ago. It was like every season it's the same thing, but for me, it will go into extra time, I reckon. Okay. All right. Over to you, Rob. What's your prediction? I think we'll win the game 2-1 in normal time, 90 minutes. I think uh, I think we'll score first. I think they'll they'll pin us back one all, and then we'll we'll score the winner two one. I predict that. Okay. Ak Kamara is going to score one of them two goals, whether it's the first or the second. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, all right, Gordon. Give me your prediction. Well, I think um, it, it, it's got to be us. And on the back of that, I will say, or I will ask one question with regards sure. to why have uh, Brentford decided to play it in, in their anniversary colour of blue when everybody is saying, I think that, I don't know, how many teams have lost there in a playoff final playing in red and white stripes? So is, is that one for the, uh, the Fulham changing room to uh, have a think about before the game? Uh, I just can't see that. If, you're, if, you play, if you get through the final, you're playing your home colours. So, yeah, uh, so it's it's got to be us just on 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 that with them playing in blue, um, and I'm going for two one as well. Um, I'm going okay. for two one again. Yes, in extra time, uh, I've just got a feeling that it's going to wow. be a a, a very um, I can't say doer game. I think both teams will try to win, uh, but I think there's going to be a hell of a lot of pressure on both teams in that 90 minutes and the closer we get to that uh, 90 minute mark or or 94, 96 minute mark, I think people aren't going to be trying to win the game at all, but I can see Mm -hmm. us not necessarily overpowering them, but playing the better football in in the extra time on the bigger pitch. And I think when you think about our squad, it's already been mentioned, we've got a better, more depth in the squad and I think Brentford have only used uh, a very limited number of players this season. So um, I think we've got a better squad than them, and I think it will come into play. And I think AK will come on, cross the ball for Mitro to score the winner. 
<laughs> okay, great stuff. All right, I'm going to just share a couple predictions of people watching along with us. Maybe Micho still in extra time, do you think? <laughs> okay, so we have, uh, let's see, two to one, Fulham from Robin Pendrel. Let's see, Roger Lewis, I believe, gives the same prediction. Let's see here, two to one in, in 90 minutes. AK47 scores a winner on 90.5. Okay, I like that. Let me just share this as well. This is just a little comment. Spot on, Rob, about Nockhart and Reed. Mitro goes if fit. I'm going three to one to Fulham. We must play high tempo and go at them. Okay. All right. It's time for my prediction. I'm going to do what I did at the beginning of the season. I'm going to go with Gordon and Rob. Maybe I shouldn't because maybe I'm a jinx. I don't know. But I'm going to go two to one to Fulham like Gordon and Rob's. But I'm going to go an extra, not an extra time because you can be picking me up. Of, of the floor for going to extra time. I, I, I can't handle it. I can't, I can't handle the pressure. Mm. So I'm going to say two to one to Fulham and, um, and that, and that we, we just win it in, in stoppage. Like, like me, Russ, 90 minutes. We only need 90 minutes. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. Great show guys. Fantastic show. First of all, Gordon, thank you so much for joining us on your birthday. You, you know, again, just very nice of you to join us tonight. Thank you. And I hope you enjoyed the show. No, I've I'm, I'm, I've really enjoyed it tonight, and yes, it is my birthday. And to be perfectly honest with you, at, at 65 years of age now, it's, it, it's getting a bit late. I should be in bed by now. So you've done well to keep me awake. Sorry, sorry, there, Gordon. <laughs> okay, um, Rob. As always, thank you so much for for doing the show. Really appreciate. It. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, no, very much so. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually traveling down to London tomorrow with. Oh, great. Uh, Five of my pals to be in and around the Fulham area to watch the game in a pub. We have social distancing, obviously. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm travelling down 200 miles to uh, meet up with a few Fulham fans and enjoy the evening. Okay, Emilio, are you ready for this, my friend? Are you ready? In a way, I'm less I'm I'm less stressed than I was two years ago, I think, to be honest. You know, I feel like we've, we've, we've won on the big stage a couple of years ago. I feel like I can, I can relax a little bit. We we don't seem like we're – neither of us are stressed here tonight. We're all no. very relaxed, quite bullish. You know, you know, a lot, I think if we had this conversation two years ago, I think we'd all be a little bit, a lot more nervous and apprehensive. But I think we're going into this game, all of us seem very yeah. confident we're going to win tomorrow. I think – Let's see. Let's see how things pan out. Just because the pressure is not necessarily on our shoulders, I think we, that's why we're somewhat rela- a bit more relaxed and we know how to play in a big stage, whereas Brentford, for them, is something yep. new. So the pressure is all on their shoulders. But let's, it's going to be nail by They ask me, you know, we've got, what, 20-odd hours, 21 hours? For the big <laughs> game. We'll be counting the hours. <laughs> Just tell me I'm not nervous, but we've got 21 hours, 14 minutes, 37 <laughs> seconds left. <laughs> so, you know, just relax, enjoy it. It'll be, it'll, be the, it'll be the best night of your life. It'll put two years <laughs> so, two years ago straight out of the equation and we'll, and it'll be one. This is one this, this will be what we want to see. Oh, yeah, there we go. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Just right. we can't be there, you know? That's right. Yes, that's yes, amazing. exactly. Yeah. All right. To wrap up, I'm going to share some more comments. We got Christian Buckman, three to one to form AK 47 Metro and Cabana all scoring TC to be man of the match. That would go with what Rob is talking about. And I agree with Rob. If he's your man of the match, Fulham win. So, and now I'm going to share a bunch of other comments. Of course, we have to share these. Happy birthday, Gordon from Julian Newton. Happy birthday, Gordon from Robin Pendrel. All the best. We got a bunch of happy birthdays here. <laughs> Dan Mason. Thank you. Man. Thank you. Thank you. So we got a ton of them. Yes. They're all they're they're all flying in now. So again, 
Thank you, what everyone. Do you think, I have a glass of red wine. Uh, yes, yeah, I'm going to have another big one now. Make, make sure I sleep well. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Listen, we have to wrap this up. We've gone way over, and it, and it sounds like Gordon needs to go to bed. So we need to wrap this up. <laughs> all right. My name's Russ Goldman. For Emilio Danello, Gordon Davis, and Rob Wilson, thank you, as always, for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. For Fulham fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats, and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free COY Whites app now from the App Store and Google Play. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.